Hi everyone, welcome back to UCC's Talking Pictures episode 6. I've heard apparently that about 50% of podcasts don't make it to episode 7, so I'm not sure if I'll be here for the next one, but I do have interviews arranged, so (laughs) hopefully that will get me there. Anyways, today I am very lucky to be interviewing Patrick McGivney and Robert Higgins about their latest film, Lakelands, which comes out in cinema on May the 5th and is the winner of Best Film at Last Year's Galway's Film Fla. They've also directed the award-winning Angels Gardy and Drifting, which is available in RT Player and is absolutely brilliant. You should definitely see it. It also has Paul Mescal, if that's something that brings you in. But anyways, I am super glad to be here today with them. And I am just have them right here right now. So, hi Patrick, hi Robert, how are you guys getting on? Yeah, I suppose I'll start off the same way I do with everyone else. How did you guys get into directing? Yeah, I suppose uh, we got into it uh, very much the, just the way of trial and error. We were uh, we were working jobs up in Dublin that we weren't that fond of at the time. And we, it kind of became a release where we'd go home at the weekends and we'd get out our equipment and... We would just, from there, kind of learn by trial and error, making some, you know, poor experiments in film uh, down the bogs or the fields. People would be driving by, wondering what we're out doing in the fields in nearby town. It was great, like, it was great as well, finding out what we excelled at there and what our limitations were. Mm-hmm. Limitations being acting big time. We were like, right, <laughs> no more of that. And uh, we are also we seen then that we liked the writing and the directing and we were kind of like watching them. We were like, the writing and directing's not bad here. If we could only, you know, get some people with technical proficiency yeah, here, yeah, we yeah. could uh, maybe have something interesting. So from there, I guess we kind of set about making our first short, Angels Guard D, where we mm-hmm. kind of, you know, a few, um, few lads from the town got involved with us at that point. who also had a bit of an interest in film and, we hired a lot of, we hired a crew, you know, we were watching a lot of YouTube videos and podcasts and what have you, kind of just figuring it out, baby steps really. But um, yeah, we made that like with a small crew of about seven people and, you know, that kind of kicked us on to the next level and they got on, you know, RTE and we got to travel quite a bit with it to festivals and that was a bit of a boost. And then we just moved on to make drifting from there and you know, that was kind of what the one that where we kind of hit upon what we really wanted to make and our voice. And that's kind of gave us the confidence as well that it did well at festivals and everything. So we kind of moved on uh, from there. So it was a gradual step with the directing, but it started very much like, yeah, like the nuts and bolts, figuring it out in the most basic DIY way you possibly do it. Speaking of DIY, both of you, I suppose, took a little bit more of a conventional route since a lot of people do tend to attend film school. But you actually specialised in other areas. Robert, for you, was it marketing, publicity and uh, Patrick, you were working with PwC, which is definitely something that's going to get my course interested. I feel like if anyone in my course listens <laughs> to this podcast, they will be trying to find you on LinkedIn. So just stay safe out there from any strange messages. <laughs> But do you guys think if you knew that the job security there with film school or if you were financially safe with film school, going back, would you like to have gone to film school or do you feel like specialising in other areas gave you a different edge that others might not have? Yeah, like it's it's a great question and it's definitely something that we kind of mull over from time to time. It's definitely not a one size fits all. I think, you know, part of it is trying to figure out what is the best next step for you, what's the best path for you. and I think for us going out into the world, into the corporate world, I suppose we we didn't really, you know, probably see film as a viable option at the time. So I think that was kind of where college led us to. And I think we were both very grateful for the jobs that we had when we were in them initially. But I think what it did do for us was it, it definitely hardened us up, I suppose, a little bit to the ways of the world and you know what it did give us was it gave us i suppose a work ethic and i suppose when you go into some of these big firms you know it's sink or swim it's long hours it's deadlines it's project-based work i think you know rob working in pr it was it was a very deadline orientated consulting would be would be similar and what it did do for us it gave us as i said it gave us a work ethic but it gave us a skill set that we were then able to transfer to the film industry Mm-hmm. Um, and when you actually break down a film production and a, you know a, a film set, 
it is ultimately a team environment. It's a very collaborative space. You're working with people across multiple different disciplines. You know, you've got your gaffers, your camera team, you know, acting team, makeup, set. You know, you've, you're working across multiple different disciplines, a lot of different personalities. You're working towards a deadline. You're working within a budget. All of these variables and constraints are there in the corporate world. So having that experience was absolutely invaluable to us because when we, as Rob mentioned there, we, we had a gradual build from a very, you know, very basic uh, level film shoots to kind of, you know, Angels Gardie and up to Drifting and up to Lakelands and, and the budgets and the, the, the film crew size kept growing. But, you know, having that initial corporate experience was absolutely invaluable from the offset. And when we, when we broke down, you know, the process, we were like, we've done this before in a different industry. So it was absolutely invaluable. But with all that said, you know, we have had to kind of upskill ourselves in terms of learning about the industry, learning about production and finance. And, you know, Rob's done the advanced screen producers course, which was absolutely invaluable to us mm -hmm. as a company because that gave us incredible insight into the industry because you can have all the transferable skills in the world, but if you don't have industry insight, you, you can't apply that skill set. So, um, having having both of those things have been really beneficial but to answer your question i think it is it's very much dependent on you as an individual and, and you know finding your own path i suppose mm -hmm. was it very difficult both of you had full-time jobs to kind of try teach yourself about filming or even just find the time to write scripts and film yeah like initially we were both in quite de quite demanding demanding roles and it was quite difficult like you're really stealing hours of we used to meet up late in the evening or you'd meet up, meet up the weekends and, you know, it was just when we started to get traction, we actually started to try and manage our way towards the full time with the company. Like I moved to a different company where I could do three days a week. I think Paddy moved to a company where it was a little bit easier to, and we were just trying to find that time to allow us to grow the business enough to make that transition. Mm -hmm. But it, it really can be difficult, I suppose, at that early stage in you know, some of these industries are really hour heavy, like that you, you end up working late a lot of the time. But I guess it's just carving out those little bit of time and just trying to get get a bit of a plan together on, you know, gradual steps that can move you towards where you want to be. I kind of I suppose not losing track of that despite your workload. But yeah, it can be it could be it could be a tricky balance to strike for sure. It is. And and one thing I might just add there is that when you are working for a big company and like it's really intense and like you're probably working on something you might necessarily be passionate about like i we used to meet up in the evenings and you'd have this like hour or maybe an hour and a half where you'd be able to talk about your project and you just get this rush of adrenaline and energy and we were like you, it's people compare you know when you're when you're writing and you're 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 creating and it's it's landing it's nearly like you're you're kind of taking off you're nearly like you're flying and you it's a feeling of Robert had been writing for years. I'd written as a young child and had stopped and tried to play football and failed miserably and kind of <laughs> went back to writing eventually. So Robert had the experience. He was the experienced writer. And it was my first time kind of, you know, being creative in a long, long time. And I was like, this is amazing. This is like, you know, and I think it's probably the benefit of, of, of doing it the way we did it is that when you actually get to do what you're really passionate about, yeah. you're just so energized by it. And you don't take it for granted as well. And even having that hour, even though we'd be wrecked tired in the evenings, having that hour to like work on something you're genuinely passionate about was just a massive buzz. And, and you end up trying to chase that, you know, yeah, yeah. and constantly. And, and we're lucky enough that we're able to do it on a more full time basis now, which is which which we, we, we don't take for granted, thankfully. Mm -hmm. So you spoke of moving into GA when you're younger, away from writing. Do you think that the kind of culture in Ireland, because it emphasises, say, I suppose, sports more so than the arts, do you think that made you a bit more reluctant or take a bit of a slower journey to go into the more artistic side, like film or writing? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one for sure. Like, I think rural Ireland in, in particular, like, you don't have that many options. It's like pay for the local uh, GA club and if you're... A little bit different than you know you're you know you might play for the, the the rugby team a few towns over or maybe a bit of soccer you know yeah. that's about as varied as as it gets down here and 
you don't really have that creative outlet and we do we actually do a lot of work with, with our, through our company we do kind of film courses now we're trying to give young people that avenue to be creative because it's something that we didn't have growing up at all really but that said i think you know if if it, if it is something that's that you are kind of feel is in you and you feel you want to do you'll always find a way and i think it's amazing now as well with the internet and like with social yeah. media you can always reach you can you can find people in your locality that are into the same thing and it's a different world we sound like old men now but it is different to how it was when we were growing up yeah, trying yeah, to you know write in someone's bebo or if you want to make a film i don't think it's uh, <laughs> probably not as uh as, as challenging to do now but um yeah like i think you, you can either look at it you know in terms of constraints or in terms of opportunities and i think to be a filmmaker you have to always see the positive and the opportunity in everything and especially like even with our budget we've always worked with massive budget constraints because yeah. we've you know it's always been funded you know locally and through uh, alternative avenues that compared to like how you know other shorts and other features would have been funded so we've always kind of had a, a positive perspective on the constraints in front of us you know and i think you have to just always be thinking like that especially if you're looking to create something in rural ireland mm -hmm. for sure I do really want to congratulate you on doing the courses though because I'm from a small village myself and it still is quite similar I suppose a vibe where if you do anything other than GA like it is it like you are seen as a bit different and there aren't many avenues for say things like filmmaking or arts or music so I do really just want to congratulate you for doing that because that's going to help a lot of young people like that's absolutely brilliant. Robert, I actually wanted to mention the first time I became acquaintance with your work, it actually wasn't through film, um, it was through your writing a few years ago, The Night Shift, which is absolutely oh, brilliant. Wow. And I'd recommend, it's available online for anyone listening, I would definitely recommend to read it. But do you feel that your experience as a writer was able to help your transition to film? Did it help with screenwriting and all that? Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much for reading that. Having the... It's really good. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it's actually interesting you know, from your following question as well is that's where I actually started off writing probably because when you're like 15 or 16 and you're in like a rural town and like it's not really the no normal thing to want to make a film or whatever. I guess uh, fiction was something you could do yeah. without money, you know, you could just write it and you didn't have to get a load of people and if you failed, you could you you could just send it out and you might get rejected and, and um, no one would know about it which is kind of a nice way to organically grow and you could kind of get criticism and rejection without being out there too publicly yeah. but but um yeah like i think it was it's i think any writing at all is is really beneficial even that story makes a, it, it it feeds a little bit into lakelands yeah, at one point of, but it's yeah like i found a really good base but then i guess translating to screenwriting there's a lot more rules i suppose in screenwriting and you know it's the structure is a lot less free i suppose than fiction so it did take me a couple of years i think to really kind of to get the the kind of structure in place and like really learn how to write scripts and i think making films as well is like an amazing way to see how a film works because you know after you've made a film and you know we definitely experienced it where you think at the start you think it, everything's great you're writing you know and then you watch with an audience and like maybe you're like you can feel that point where they maybe lose attention or whatever and you can kind of tighten that up and you won't make that mistake the next time yeah so yeah like i think it was a great foundation i definitely honed in on a lot of the, the teams and the areas and the world and you know the small town in ireland's always been yeah. you know fascination for me considering where we're from and we just have a, an amazing town of characters and stuff that, that are they're very inspiring to be around. You can't help but uh, create around them. But yeah, like I think it's it's such a good way. It's such a great way as well when you're starting out to use it as, um, as a tool to explore where you don't have to have the pressure. You can write this, you can have a finished piece, you can have your short story and maybe you can send it out, maybe get published and that'll give you the confidence maybe to go further and go on. Speaking of small town, Longford is a place that I suppose hasn't been shown on screen very much. How did it feel finally, you know, getting it um, onto the big screen, I suppose? Yeah, like it was surreal for sure to actually, I suppose, 
to make the film, like even just to have turned the town into a, a film set for good three weeks was a surreal experience in itself. But um, I think when we were making it, we were very conscious of trying to include as many of the local characters Robert mentioned there in the film as possible, just to add color and flavor and to give it that authentic, I suppose, texture, I suppose, feel. And and also we didn't have budget to include anyone else. So it was, uh, it was definitely, uh, it definitely worked out on, 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 on two different ends. It was only when we started to shoot, you know, and, and, and get, to, well, I suppose, to, taking a step back, I suppose, when we wrote the script and got the two leads down Danny and Aina to to see them reacting and, and relating to the world in the first instance was a surreal experience because I suppose when you're when you write something that's so local yeah. and so specific to our own experiences and um, to see a young fella from Cork and a girl from Dublin really relate to it and, yeah. and see themselves in those characters and in that world that at that moment we were like oh we might be on something here but then to actually bring it down bring the crew the the actors and, and to turn as i said turn the town and the farm into a film set then we were like as soon as you start to see the rushes you're like wow this is cinematic and we always felt that especially um after we met the two shorts drifting in particular we're like this is the Midlands has a, a very unique feel to it that yeah. hasn't been captured cinematically from a Midlanders perspective. And I yeah. think that's important, an important note. And once we started to capture footage and scenes, we were like, there's something here. There's there's something unique and fresh to this part of the country that hasn't really been documented. So I think to actually, you know, see it kind of come to life then and to bring it down to Galway and, and the premiere down there and, and, and to see people from other parts of the country relating to it and reacting to it and to com and to comment positively about Longford and about <laughs> Granard was uh was was crazy for us because you know it doesn't always get the best headlines yeah. and, and <laughs> if, if any headlines at all. So to, to say, see people, yeah. you know, positively was it was always an objective but to see it actually happen was 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 great and we got so lucky with the weather there was 17 days of consistent clear skies and sunshine which wow. absolutely never happens in november mm -hmm. in granards people were from god i'd say people were people were changing their uh their summer summer holiday plans after watching <laughs> it i think <laughs> definitely i suppose just prepping people for the film is there any kind of like longford vernacular we might need to know before going in some slang that we don't know about down here in Cork <laughs> there's a few of it. <laughs> there's a few, yeah there's a lot of colloquialisms in it I'm trying to think of a few it just be like a foreign language to me now yeah, when I, I mean, go to watch the film <laughs> I'm trying to think of a few uh few a popular one in the film is uh away from around me which means uh go away <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. I'll be throwing that now on a night out or when I'm like yeah. at home, they'll be like, what is she on about? And I'll be like, you don't understand. You're not cultural <laughs> enough, you know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, we were doing the, we were screening over in France there yeah. and they were doing a French translation of oh, really? uh, the subtitles. I was like, tough job for this subtitler doing some of these colloquialisms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do either of you speak French? Junior sort of level. Yeah. That sort of job. You're like, it's it probably was, it was, fine. It was yeah. awful because we, we had to introduce it and I, I studied it for six years, so I had no excuse and I was like, this yeah. is some disgrace that I can't even stand up and introduce the film in French. And I was apologizing for um, for, for not having any at the start, but yeah, look, um, yeah, not there. Yeah, it was actually crazy over there because yeah. um, Paris is uh, in turmoil at the moment and oh, yeah. there, there we were running around in between the, the bags of rubbish. <laughs> Just like, please watch my film. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a crazy time to be over there. But um, you guys have been to a lot of different festivals lately. Have you had like a favorite that you've went to, or anywhere particularly exciting in terms of, I suppose, traveling? Yeah, like outside of the home ones, were yeah. which were obviously amazing. Like the two that stand out for me are uh, Santa Barbara, just such such a cool town, and it's a great festival over there, and we met a lot of interesting people and. Glasgow was amazing. It just has kind of that, that Galway buzz where, you know, it's really brilliantly yeah. curated and everyone's really friendly and it's just, uh, it's just got that kind of bit of magic about it. I think uh, Galway has as well, you know, where there's a bit of buzz around the whole town with it and you can just 
feel there's something going on in the city. Like it's not just a, the odd building here or there. It's yeah. it's, it's it's really a, an event. Like, do you have any favorite yourself, Patrick, that you went to? Um, for me, yeah, Santa Barbara definitely stands out. Like again, you know, when you make something, as I said, like something that's really local yeah. to see it travel and to see kind of international audiences react and relate to it is crazy. So to have that experience in Santa Barbara was was a lot of fun. And we had like a lot of expats coming up to us and commenting on it. And that's um, amazing. Yeah, that was really cool. It was surreal, very, very surreal. But apart from that, just Galway. Like Galway is just an amazing festival. It's yeah. It was we screened on like the hottest day of the year, which was which was absolutely nuts. All the good me and Rob were just there covered in yeah. like absolutely sweating loads and um, <laughs> just all these people coming up and, you know, commenting on, on their own kind of abusive relationship with their GA coach. And yeah, 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 it was, uh, it was turned into a bit of a counseling session in parts, but um, no, that was just an amazing experience. And because we, because of COVID, we didn't get to screen drifting at any festivals, yeah. it was all online. So just anytime you're in front of an audience with a film you've you've made is is you know it's not something to be taken for granted and, and i don't think we've ever taken an audience for granted because yeah. that's why you make the film you make it to get in front of people and to to see their reaction afterwards so goal was the first time we had to do that so that one for me probably stands out the most mm-hmm. yeah i i follow both of your instagram it's actually very fun because like i always see like in different countries just like I suppose you should change over from the filmmaking career now to influencing or something. Be like, oh, guys, just in Paris next <laughs> week, screen my film. Speaking about how you got a response from people playing GA, like, once again, a bit similar to how it's, I suppose, one of the first times Longford has been on screen. It's also actually been, I'd say, one of the first times that GA has been on screen, which is actually quite insane since it's so popular how how did it feel once again i suppose bringing ga to the screen and like getting the response from current ga players or former ga players yeah um yeah i suppose it was definitely something that we were conscious of when we wrote it that the ga hadn't been depicted yeah. cinematically before that kind of world of small town ga culture hadn't really been depicted so i suppose when we were writing it we definitely seen it as an opportunity because the GA is huge in Ireland, like every single town has a club and like, you know, so many young men and women, you know, play it and, and play it right into adulthood and it becomes the lifeblood of so many communities and there's so many positive aspects to it. And I suppose we were like, we wanted to, I suppose, depict it in an accurate way that didn't kind of shy away from, you know, the more negative sides yeah. of it as well, because there is a, a very obsessive and all-encompassing element of it that we wanted to depict as well but yeah and i suppose a lot of times the ga might you know portray you know the organization and the game in a very kind of pristine and clean way and it's 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 uh crow park on a summer's day and it's you know it's a lot of time the reality for a lot of club players is very different and like you know in each county only one team you know wins the senior championship one team wins intermediate and the junior and every other team is left disappointed and within each of those teams is a multitude of stories of families of insane commitment and you know sacrifice and i suppose we wanted to just shine a light on on that world while you know to but but also showing the positives of it because it is as i said the lifeblood of, of so many communities and it has such a positive effect on young men and women around the country but um yeah it can it can get it can get a, the culture can can get a little bit uh intense uh, at times and i think we wanted to to show that um, in the film for sure speaking about ga do you think that since people can be so enmeshed in the culture that when the time comes around for them to leave the role like there's this kind of loss of identity because that's kind of what seems to be what keen is going through in the movie and even in drifting keen also seems to have a lot attached to being the star footballer of the town for sure and i think that was i suppose uh, that was an aspect of ga culture that we were definitely really intrigued by and interested in um obviously myself and rob grew up playing it and, and i played senior football for the guts of 12 years so it's definitely something you see kind of firsthand on a mass scale i suppose is yeah. 
I suppose by its nature, the GA is it's obsessive. Like you, you have to play. You know, you have to train maybe three, four times a week. It, it takes up, you know, six, seven, eight months of the year. You know, it affects the people around you. It affects your family. It affects your partner. You have to give up holidays, weddings. It affects so much of your life. And I suppose, you know, the benefit for you then is the the, the possibility of winning. You know, yeah. and it's so hard for an element of your identity not to get completely wrapped up in that Mm -hmm. in that pursuit of something and you justify so much hardship in that pursuit because you're like you know the end will justify the means and i think so many people in the ga kind of get caught up in that mindset but i think it's applicable to lots of different sports and lots of different pursuits it's funny even like talking to ian and danny about acting they I've spoken about a comparable situations that have happened in, in, in their own acting careers where they kind of, you know, when you, I suppose, have your an element of yourself wrapped up in something outside of your control, like, you know, I, you know, if if I win this match, I'm I'm a successful footballer. If I get this part, I'm a successful actor. And when that possibility is removed and is no longer possible, so like through injury or for for whatever other reason you're left with an identity crisis and i think that was something that was really interesting to us with with our main character you know once that possibility is slowly taken away he has to go on a journey of self-discovery and you know has to figure out what am i without this thing that i've been defined by for so long so i think that was definitely something interesting to us and we just thought it was an interesting avenue into the culture so yeah, I think that was that was definitely interesting to us. But I think it's it's it, it was applicable beyond GA and and I think that was also something that was attractive from a story perspective for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned this to you in the initial DM I sent you. But I think one thing I really enjoy about your films is they explore, I suppose, Irish sides of Irish culture that aren't really talked about, like between small town mentality or emigration what are your favorite things i suppose to explore about the irish culture similar to that would they be your favorites or is there anything else that you'd like to discuss yourselves i think in our kind of yeah our work we're making at the moment we always felt there was kind of unexplored areas there uh, particularly in rural ireland and there's been a lot of like lack of representation on misrepresentation um of that and you know there has been some interesting stuff in the last few years but for a long time like growing up we didn't really kind of find there was material that was speaking truth to our kind of experiences of growing up and like sometimes it's you know we always try to have a very balanced view of you know any of our rural set stories and kind of like highlight positives and also like kind of not shy away from those kind of kind of darker parts that maybe sometimes people don't want to kind of shine a light on because there's some inconvenient truths in it and things like that but like for our, the first films we wanted to make it was they were kind of governed by stuff that was kind of affecting our generation so i suppose you know you mentioned immigration there like because you yeah. know we finished kind of college like around that kind of post like you know recession kind of time where we were kind of all experiencing that in a big way so that's something that kind of always kind of finds its way into into our work in a way because it was such a such a massive part of our experience of growing up in Ireland, you know, from like whole friend groups kind of going abroad and yeah. like some have come back, but some don't come back. Like a lot of our friends don't come, haven't come back and aren't going to come back. So that's kind of something that we always get drawn to a little bit, but it, it goes across everything. We kind of just want to just look at the stuff that really, really affected us and kind of drill past the kind of headlines or the stats or whatever and kind of get into the kind of more, the more personal kind of unique story within them yeah like i think as a viewer once again i'd be from a rural area myself i think your work is probably the most relatable i've seen in terms of that i feel like it's some of the few that i've seen that it kind of discusses i suppose the culture there because i think you know on screen ireland is presented as this very happy go lucky place with all farmers and stuff but um there's just so much more that people don't know about if you live outside of a city so um, it's great to see it on screen. And I know one thing I want to ask as well. What I really liked about Drifting was the relationship between the two lads because there seemed to be like this lack of communication. And I just wanted to ask yourselves, do you think 
there's kind of a lack of vulnerability between boys or this ability to be open about their feelings compared to girls. Yeah, like I think it's a it's a journey for a lot of people. Like uh, drifting in particular is kind of set in the younger scale. Like Lakelands has kind of moved on, but it kind yeah. of t- deals with kind of some similar issues of that difficulty with communication. Um, but it's definitely something I think you know you can definitely get caught up in when you're younger. Like I mean, you want to be all having the crack and you know not not to show it. Like it's definitely something we've definitely. Seen witnessed and probably been a part in ourselves and you, you grow and you know you you become less guarded like in writing the, the character actually a, a metaphor we kept coming back to which was uh, the idea of that Keen kind of had a had a hard shell exterior and he kind of didn't want to let anyone buy that and he kind of you know he guarded that with you know with you know demonstrating his, his humor and his strength and all these things but it was only when it was cracked down through the through the incident that stops him that forced him to kind of look inward and kind of become that much more vulnerable. And a lot of the film is hit tracking his journey from that initially kind of closed off state into a more kind of open and involved way. And like ultimately kind of really benefiting himself to open up in that way. So it's definitely something we've kind of witnessed a lot. We still witness, you know, we still all deal with it because it is hard to be vulnerable, but it's ultimately yeah, a big part of you know, yeah. being being feeling good about yourself and you got mm. to look at it. Yeah, that's mm. really interesting to hear. I think especially as a woman, like, because I think relationships would be quite different between girls. Like, I think we're a lot more open. So it's always really interesting to hear, like, I suppose a guy's perspective on it. So that's yeah. something I really like to... That I think that was one of my favourite things about the films. It just felt very honest and very real in a way, like, you didn't usually get to see. Um, I suppose, speaking of drifting... You obviously worked with Paul Meskel in the film just, I suppose, before his big breakout in Normal People. What was it like working with him? And I suppose, how does it feel seeing someone you initially cast when they were, I suppose, a bit more unknown, suddenly blow up in the span of a few years? Yeah, it's been, uh, it was it was a crazy experience because um, obviously when, when we shot Drift and he had just finished shooting Normal People and, and when we were having conversations around that, that short script, he was shooting in Trinity and there was this whole buzz about, you know, Lenny and, and yeah. the Sally Rooney book. And there was um, definitely buzz was building at that time. And I think we both were familiar with his theatre work and yeah. um, we both knew that he was, you know, one to watch for sure. So when we actually, you know, managed to get him tasked to drift and like we were super excited, but I don't think anyone realised what was going to happen because like he, he came down to Longford, he, he got off a plane from Italy, came down to Longford, shot drift and <laughs> drove around drove around Longford. He may or may not have had a license and, <laughs> and pulled us towards the end. But we had we had a like I think he came from a very he came uh, came from a very kind of um you know massive crew, massive cast and then we were, you know, this tiny little independent short and look we had an amazing time and like from the from the get go, we were like this. This guy is just incredible, and like every time, every single scene, he's giving you something different, and he's just a force. But then, obviously, to to watch his rise from from there on has just been it's been surreal to watch it in in close proximity, drifting. So like it's it's you know you can only imagine you know what it's like for him to to kind of have the last few years that he's had. It's unprecedented, really. And um, but we were just very grateful that he you know related to the to the short script and was 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 eager to to be involved in in that project and it gave us a lot of confidence as well because yeah. you know I, Ireland is you know it's it's a it's a small and you know small industry but it's growing and I think you know in Ireland we do have you know some incredible talent and you know because it's a small place like it is it is it, there's opportunity in that because you can you know and build out your network of of kind of actors and and even you know talented crew and you have access to a, a really interesting and talented network and I think you know that experience definitely gave us a lot of confidence for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it really stands to the caliber of even like your eye that just you knew like the person you chose and I'm not sure if it was done through casting director yourselves but like the fact that you could tell like I think that shows your strength even as directors that you have like already an eye for film so 
I think part of it that is down to you as well. Like that's absolutely an amazing skill to have so early. About casting, you obviously have Aina Hardwick and Daniel Galligan in um, Lakelands. Also, if anyone's listening, watch season two of Shadow and Bone. We want that renewed. So, what was the casting process like for Lakelands? For Lakelands, so we've cast everything we've done ourselves. Never quite had the budget for <laughs> for a casting agent, unfortunately. Maybe one day. Yeah, we um, we were aware of both of them from a long time ago. Like. I knew Aina, I think even from when he was in Lear, I was I was brought to a play and he stood out even then, like he was only like 19 or something. Um, and Danielle had like been just doing like amazing stage work for ages. And she was on the, she was making really strong short films as well. Yeah. Like I was just really noticing this kind of run of really strong short films. And like, we just thought both of them were perfect. Like they both had that kind of, they showed amazing range. Aina had done like a load of stuff immediately. Like he just hit the ground running so quick after college. He was in like Bavarium and Normal People yeah, and he's got a load more stuff coming now. And so we we, see, we could see like so many examples of both of them doing amazing work. Then we got to meet them and like we got on like House on Fire and we brought them down to Longford for a couple of couple of days to immerse them in, in granite culture, bringing them, uh, bringing them drinking cans in the abandoned lot and down by the lake and real immersive stuff like that. And then a bit of workshop and then out in the backstage theatre where we did a load of workshopping with them. And they just like, Lorcan Cranish was there as well. And like, but like, they were just so creative, like they're super creative and bursting with ideas and like, ideally what we like to do is we write the script and then we'll have a big chat and like everyone feeds in and then we'll go rewrite it again because they just brought so much to it like you know they really were bursting with ideas and like super passionate and they're both really serious artists like they're just really fed in so much into their characters and like the whole script is so much richer for their their contributions and like yeah, they're great crack as well. Like we we hang up them the whole time now because we just get on great, and that makes it so much easier, I think, to work together when everyone's kind of feels feels comfortable with one another like that. Mm-hmm. I really like how you guys are basically saying that you single handedly boosted Longford tourism. Like I think we'll be getting everyone up there soon. By the sounds of it, <laughs> you're like the weather in November is fantastic, guys. You need to come up. It's like nowhere else. It's practice <laughs> Um, yeah. Bus loads from Cork uh, City up, I'm sure. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll have to go up now. I'll be like, oh, guys, look, we discussed the film, but what was more important ultimately was Longford. Like, like I don't know the last time I've been there. I think I've driven we'll, through we'll it. We'll do a pub crawl in Granite. Oh yeah, definitely. I'll be like, um, yeah, guys. So we're just gonna do a special episode dedicated to Longford. <laughs> yeah. I generally think I've, I've passed Love through it. Longford. I don't know if I visited it in a very long time. That's the classic like... Longford experience. <laughs> Seen it from a moving car. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I doubt it's the same, but you, you make it look very nice, though. I have to say that, like, that's basically a Fualta Ireland ad in itself. So I think, <laughs> like, at this stage, I am um, due a visit. So I, I'm convinced. I, I see we've come on the podcast now. It's done. I'm going up there. <laughs> so going Brilliant. very sadly going back to the film and not long for it anymore um you did the film over a 17 day shoot was it difficult to get that amount of filming done in those days or was the timeline okay uh, yeah no it was it was it was a challenge for sure and um, it was originally supposed to be done over 16 days and we had a fight with her first day and, and, and she was like we need another three days and we were like you can have one and the budget was stretched to one yeah, so yeah. so we 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 all agreed on seven days but look it was it was um it was a mad dash for sure and we we spent like months planning it and and like we'd and i think so much of our work is done in in, in prep and like i think every single scene every single line of dialogue is interrogated well in advance and i think a few things that helped us to be able to move so quickly i think the first one is having done that interrogation process with danny and in and and building out doing that character work well in advance and i think that allowed us to move very quickly in scenes so like if there was a suggestion we could like 
if Danny or Raina came up with a suggestion, like we we knew that they knew the character really, really well. Mm-hmm. So that allowed us to move very quickly because I think a lot of time on set, you know, you're having these long, you know, drawn out conversations about character and dialogue and, and it can just slow the whole process down. But having had that work done in advance definitely allowed us to to move quickly on that front. And then just having just, you know, knowing the terrain, I suppose, the local terrain and, and knowing the town and knowing the locations. And it was shot on my dad's farm. So that was really? like having having complete oh. control over areas and sets and houses and, and, and not being kind of exposed to variables because that can really close those inhibit you as well from from moving quite quickly. And then we just didn't have budget for a massive crew and a massive, you know, all the bells and whistles, which kind of allowed us to move very quickly. So like we we ended up getting a lot of really great sunsets and we were just absolutely blessed to to get them because they don't it's been grey and wet here for the last three weeks. I haven't seen the sun since February. But um like, you know, we were able to move everyone quite quickly and, and we were able to capture the cow cabin scene in it because of that flexibility and mobility. So sometimes having less budget can be it can be advantageous and and I think that definitely helped us to move quickly but the main thing was just the preparation and, and planning every single kind of day out and then having a, a, a really good team around you as well any is there any specific memory or story that you have from a day of filming that stands out to you whether it's positive or negative <laughs> okay this this sounds very worrying actually I don't I don't like to the laughs <laughs> Uh, so bar- few uh, bodies buried up here in Granard. Oh, oh, oh um, well, what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> Indie filmmaking, you know. Um, the, the calf scene, I suppose, is the, is the yeah. one that stands out. Aina's, um, Aina Hardwick uh, got some fairly hands-on farm experience on, on really? this film. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, the other immersive part of it was that Aina was, was sent to work on Paddy's dad's farm. Yeah, that, several days. Yeah, that sounds more like a less about film preparation, just being like, "Oh, Dad, I can help you out. I got this actor here, just willing to do it." There was a few shades that needed to be cleaned out, and um, I put it on the long finger, so uh, we needed to toughen in. Part of the looking, research. He was looking a bit soft. He was looking a bit. He was. He was, he, was, he was overfed on the previous shoot, so we had to, uh, yeah. had to put him to work, you know. Yeah, true, the, um, the indie film experience, like, you know, we got to Yeah, yeah. See, when you come to Granard, you're in our, in our terrain, so mm-hmm. you, have to, uh, you have to get with the programme, you know. But the, for me, the, the cabin scene, for sure, that was just a mad, a mad moment. And we were just, again, pure luck that we were able to capture it on, on film. And, and my dad basically just grabbed in about the scruff of the neck and threw him into the shed and... <laughs> Gave him a two-minute tutorial, and my dad basically pointed the camera because Simon was like, "Whoa!" Our, our DOP was definitely a little bit. Uh, everyone was a little bit taken aback because uh, I'm not sure if you've seen a cow calving, but it's a very visceral, uh, a visceral scene to to walk in and for the first time. But um, but it was amazing, and Aina was incredible. Like he just he did an exceptional job. Right? The, the calf lived basically, so he, <laughs> that's the acid test. Um, but apart from that, just we, we had one night in the, in the pub and mm-hmm. uh, after we, we, we shot for five days and then it was the middle of COVID and we really shouldn't have done it and just be out of the risk of, of, I suppose, you know, any of us catching COVID. But there was no lockdown. So we went into the pub and I think, you know, a lot of the characters from town came in and mm-hmm. turned into a, a strange variety show of singing <laughs> and dancing. It was a weird little talent show. I think they were all like, oh, there's actors here. We'll show them, you know, and uh, it became this. Yeah, funny little scene that just played out over. Aina had to do it on a ballad at one point. That yeah. not sure he signed up for that. Was he Is any that... good at the scene? Yeah, he did an okay job. Stick to the acting. It was against his will. He had someone with his arm around him, and he was dragged into it. Is that yeah. not the introduction to like a pub scene in, in Royal Ireland? Though? Yeah. yeah, the scene you have to do something. Yeah, I mean, like thirty piece. Acting's just not yeah. going to cut it, like, is it? To be fair. No. <laughs> it sounds like you really had the community involved. Like, what was it like having Grenard on, like, on film and involving so many locals and people of your own town? Like, that must be amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Like, cause 
another reason why we were able to do it in 17 days was because of like that support like where you know you could say can we come into the pub for a few hours and shoot here or can we you know like so a new numerous people like rode in like and and helped with that like and it's just that's what allows you to kind of move quick you know you you have all that like we we often joke that when we were writing it, like that, we were, we had a film set of the whole town, like, and we were writing it around that. But it really was true, and that was only through the generosity, like, of everyone who kind of rode in and, like, you know, even like we shooting the football team, like that's all our mates, like, out on a cold evening running around, like, you know, it's tough sell on a new November evening. Come on out, run around the cold for four hours, but like it was like <laughs> just. So appreciated that they did it because it uh, made such a difference. Like, gives you production value then as well in terms of when you're making like a, a lower budget film. Um, you know, a lot of the time you, these films are made in like a contained, contained like one, two locations or something. We never wanted to do that for our film, and you know, it's only true support of the town that you can kind of have that production value where it seems like you have all these bodies willing to, you know, yeah. help out for a couple hours. Speaking of the immersive experience, is it true that you got Aina to train with GA team for a couple of weeks before he did filming? Yeah, we did. He he signed up Clonagail there in Irish uh-huh. Town Ringsend. So he says he did ten sessions, but I don't know if he made all ten. But uh, he definitely um, he was definitely yeah he definitely played he played a couple of games. He he did a, a bunch of training sessions and. Because um, he played as a as a young kid, but mm-hmm. hadn't um, played for years. So, but it was it was as much about you know kind of getting a feel of what that kind of team environment yeah. is like, and just what that 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 buzz is like. And I suppose yeah, to get his handling skills up to par. And, and yeah, no, he and and look, he he did an exceptional job because you know if you play GA, you kind of take it for granted not how to move and yeah. and just the basic skills. So yeah, no, he 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 went. He went, uh, he full on with that experience and uh, fully immersed himself for sure. I, I don't think anything can quite uh, <laughs> yeah, um, prepare you for uh, training with the Conrad senior team. It's yeah. uh, it's a very, it's, it's, it's an intense situation to arrive into, but like he did an exceptional job and mm-hmm. we're lucky enough to have a really good editor as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> this, I think this is really quickly turning oh, no, into- Alan Quigley. I think this is like turning into like, ragging on Aina Hardwick for like 50 minutes like I don't think he's if I don't think I can ask him on this anymore because it's just me constantly like putting him down um so it's method acting with you like if you want to be cast in your film like there's a lot of work you might not expect that you'll have to do to get cast that's good to know for sure for sure for sure yeah (laughs) for any budding actors out there who really want to work with you now they'll know what they have to they're getting themselves into yeah how bad do you want it (laughs) um i just need you to do my shopping for me there just um what was i going to say obviously you had a small budget in your independent film was it quite difficult marketing the film it wasn't too bad we kind of worked it kind of worked out okay because wildcard came on Mm -hmm. quite early and having their support was you know great it kind of legitimized the film right away like they came on before we'd even shot it which Mm -hmm. was amazing and then screen ireland kind of came on from there so i guess that those were big boosts and there's kind of like a bit in you know in inbuilt in kind of curiosity when kind of screen ireland come on board and all that but yeah like in terms of the market like i, I guess that's where my past life kind of yeah. came in handy at the, at the at the early stages where we could kind of do a bit of promo around that like and you know i kind of understood how pitching to a journalist works or how just press releases all that sort of thing like so that was kind of useful and like you know, from once it kind of got to release time, that's when kind of Wildcard would have came on and they have the whole team and the PR company and stuff like that. So that's been like a massive, massive help with with the whole thing. But like for anyone, you know, with, with, with drifting, we did it all ourselves. And with the other, I guess it's just for anyone who's thinking about it, like it's just kind of like important to, to think about that outreach and kind of like how you're going to communicate your film. 
because there's a lot of films to come out like but a lot, not that many of them would do a press kind of campaign and like look mm-hmm. to talk to local press or anything like that and everything kind of helps with it and you know word of mouth can start from something quite small and maybe yeah. another place sees you and then gets in touch with you to talk to you and it can all kind of snowball from that initial kind of outreach I suppose I'll just move on to finally, well, I'll ask a few fun questions at the end that are like my own personal interest. But besides that, um, <laughs> since I like the success of Lakelands and Drifting and Angels Gardy, do you have any productions coming up that you might be able to tell me about? We have a new feature in development with Screen Ireland called Bonfires. That I suppose is kind of, it's another small town story, but it's, a, it's on a much bigger kind of scale. It's again, it's dealing with youth culture and all that bit semi-autobiographical again as they all kind of end up being for us mm. but uh, other than that then we have another kind of couple of scripts that have kind of got a bit of interest in and we've just kind of got UK representation and we're going to have yeah, some chats further afield now as well so kind of like we're, we're hoping to to leverage a bit of the bit of the, the release of Lakelands and kind of try and get that uh, mm-hmm. use that as kind of a kickoff point for for the next projects hopefully I really like how you're using like Longford in all of your films. Like I feel like this is almost like a Longford cinematic universe at this stage. Like all of a sudden <laughs> in Bonfires, like suddenly Paul Mescal's character just pops up in the background now and it's like, we're all connected. Oh my god. You have stuck a lot to primarily drama. Do you think there's any other genres of film you'd like to do, like horror, fantasy, or comedy if you had the opportunity in the future? Yeah, I I yeah, I think so. I think at the moment we're we're very much focused on on drama, but I think you know what really interests us is, I suppose, relationships and character. Yeah. And I think you know having the opportunity to apply those interests to other genres is definitely intriguing for sure. So we wouldn't rule it out at all. Yeah, I, I, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely interested. I think just the fact that you know, you know, so many people go to watch horror films and they bums on seats you know and you definitely yeah. there's there's definitely an opportunity there so it's it's definitely something we wouldn't rule out but i think at the moment we're very much focused on on drama for now anyway yeah as long as it has that kind of real world grounding and emotion core i think we'd be interested in kind of going off a little bit but like maybe elements from it but you know without fully kind of hop diving in either kind of keeping our core kind of style i suppose so just for a few kind of, I suppose, light-hearted questions at the end that don't really relate as much to your films, is there any specific directors or films that have influenced you as filmmakers? I think with Lakelands, initially, I think Chloe Zhao's The Writer was yeah. definitely one that was was definitely an influence. I think that just any, any film that kind of is like a, a window into a very specific world that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to see and, and to experience that in a really authentic way, almost like you're experiencing it from the people who, who are actually living it from their perspective. I film with that kind of with that that strikes that tone really well, I think is is definitely uh, definitely an influence on us, especially with Lakelands. And so I think with a feature you're you're actually trying to kind of hone in on your style and obviously adding different kind of, you know, uh, color color in different elements of, of it that are kind of unique to you as well but like i think that was definitely one god's own country as well yeah, francis lee was definitely another again that was a, a depiction of 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 a, of a rural area that felt extremely authentic to us and i think anyone who lives in a very rural place and yeah. um, you know that's you know if it, if it rings true it rings true and, and i think that was another kind of influence for sure other films that were kind of made like around uh, our similar budget level, like Andrew Hayes' Weekend, like that was yeah. a big influence on style and stuff like that, because that looks incredible, and it was kind of made for probably even less than ours. So that was kind of, yeah, like a lot of those films that were kind of made around that but kind of really went on to achieve, like do really well in festivals and everything like yeah. that. Those are ones we were kind of definitely looking at as kind of, examples of you know people's footsteps you could kind of follow in you've kind of done a lot with a little kind of that was kind of a bit of a guiding principle for us mm-hmm. and uh, is there any like specific actors you'd like to work with in the future if you could have anyone 
Loads. <laughs> yeah. Any amount of them. I think one we often talk about is Killian Murphy. Oh, He's I know. Uh, oh, yeah. amazing, yeah. He could definitely do a granite accent as well. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Guys, I think honestly, like you have the films out now. It's like, do we want to be part of the Longford cinematic universe? It's kind of like, yeah, you're well, you've got the core connections. So, yeah, I know. Uh, let me just uh, try to get him down here now. It'll be like, actually, this isn't an interview. This is, um, I'm recruiting you for <laughs> Patrick McGivney's and Robert Higgins' new film. So, uh, yeah, we're, you're getting closer every day. You're getting closer every day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe start for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like from an Irish perspective as well, like Donald Gleeson, Brandon yeah. Gleeson, like there's just so many amazing Irish actors that we'd love the opportunity to work with for sure. And then further afield as well. Like I think we'll have to get out of Granite and Longford eventually, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> just, yes. no. not just yeah. <laughs> no, not gonna build out that cinematic universe. Yeah, so. I'm not gonna watch the film honestly if it's not in Longford anymore, like <laughs> um Yeah. I suppose for one of my last questions, you guys have been nominated. Am I right for four? If does is it next month? Yeah, that's amazing. Is yeah. it? Are you looking forward to the ceremony? Yeah, yeah, it should be good crack. Like it's a, uh, it's a bit mad when we, we were saying when we got nominated, it's a bit mad when we were on the first night in the Granard Community Centre, uh, freezing <laughs> in November. We were like, yeah, I didn't expect this to. Yeah. <laughs> get to this point but it's it's amazing like and you know obviously the films are up against are all like you know really heavy hitters like so it's great crack just to be mm-hmm. just to be there and it'll be a great night out and like it's great to be able to share it with Aina and Danny and Dahi as well like who all did so much work on the film like and so yeah. it'll be a kind of a fun night out to mark the market and it's the weekend of the it's out in cinemas as well so it's kind of uh so i'll come with an intro a kind of a fun time it was nice of the ifters to switch it to uh coincide with the release date so yeah i know like i yeah i heard i think that's true i heard about that that they they decided to move it so that's a uh, that's really it's really good promotion i don't know how you guys got that it like, is it is really it impressive is. for a first time feature film is there anyone you're looking forward to seeing or i suppose sharing the room with at a distance at the if does anyone in particular everyone every everyone to be honest because yeah like i suppose we're obviously an indie production and and just to be there amongst you know everyone in the industry is is amazing um, and I think just the year that we've had like as a as a as a collective industry is just like mind-blowing really so to be there amongst you know some of the some of the actors that were nominated is would just is it's it's pinch it's pinch yourself stuff for us for sure so and um, yeah we're just we're we're just delighted to be there and to get this far and to have a ticket, you know, to the IFTAs is, 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 it's not something we ever thought was possible, as Rob said, when we were literally in a community centre <laughs> freezing, <her, laughs> freezing our asses off, you know, a couple of years ago to, to, to get to the IFTAs and to get nominated. And just to, for, for Danny and Anna, especially, and, and of course, Dahi, Danny and Anna's like, they're, they just, they really took a punt on, on the script and on us and, they just excelled in their roles and they both just put the, the film on their shoulders and carried it and like we're just so delighted for them to be recognized and then Dahi like his He's original amazing, score yeah. is just incredible as well and like even because he 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 worked on our, our previous short as well and like you know to be able to work with a guy of that caliber for us is just amazing and we're just delighted that he's getting yeah. he's been recognized as well because he deserves it and he's just an exceptional talent so yeah we're just delighted to be there mm-hmm. i suppose finishing off would you have any advice for any young filmmakers out there any budding filmmakers who'd like to break into the industry Oof. yeah question um, i think for us the, uh, the best thing we did was just really getting out and like doing it and not waiting for permission with it and uh, it's like just letting that switch in your head go um that doesn't mean like just make anything like make everything to the best of your absolute ability but like i think if we waited for funding or like you know also look for funding in unusual places you never know where you get it but if we would waited around for it I don't think we would have like 
<laughs> I don't know if we would have got anything funded. Like, you know, I think it's really important just to get that initial momentum going yourself. And like once once it starts rolling, like you'd be amazed who kind of what allies you'll meet along the way and who will kind of also, you know, find your excitement and ambitioning, you know, interesting and exciting and come on board your journey with you. Like, but uh, I think you got to just get get it rolling yourself like it can be quite hard like and you know that's why myself and Paddy produce as well because you you gotta like at the start just get it get it going no matter what way you can because it can be a long time waiting for funding rounds and years and years can go by and so that'd be just my my main one sure and i think and um, just to build on that i suppose and um, like on it like when you're producing a film like you're only as good as the people around you so like you know collaborate with the strongest possible team available to you and you know i think that would be the big one for us because like we've our work has always been elevated by the quality of people that we've had the opportunity to work with so i think keeping that you know front of mind is is a big one and then just using your constraints to your advantage like you you know we looked around us and you know, we were like, it took us a while to realize that we had a film set at our disposal. But like you, you grow up in, in a rural area and you're like, oh, there's nothing here. There's no courses, you know, within a 50 mile radius. And like, how are we going to do this? And then once you kind of start changing your mindset, you realize, wait a minute, we have pubs, pitches, teams, farms. We have a world at our disposal. So I think just keeping that kind of positive outlook is um is key and then maybe the final one is just use your naivety to your advantage because we definitely stepped off the deep end with with um with the feature and like we didn't know everything going in and we learned on the job and comes back to kind of being around being surrounded by quality people who help you along the way and and mm. um, your inexperience can oftentimes be a massive advantage and um, so i think that would be they'd be mine Honestly, I think it's you're the best people for it to come from because a lot of people, you know, don't have, I suppose, the funds or those could have the safety net to go to film school. So to come from the two of you who are working full time jobs, very good jobs as well. And to make a film as spreading to the Lakelands and break into the Irish film industry, like it's you're probably the most valuable people to be talking to at the moment. So thank you very much for that. I'm very grateful for it. So uh, thank you. Yeah, I suppose that kind of wraps it up. I'm actually very sad because I was having a great time there. So well, final, finally, we like, I think just on behalf of like, you know, us at Harp, like just want to congratulate you on and the team on the podcast. Like, Thank you so much. To have the initiative to to build this out in college is is incredible. So congratulations to you and the team and more power to you. And okay. this was a lot of fun. So thank you very much for having us. Thank you so yeah. much. Just go around and get young fellas in a headlock and drag them to the cinema yeah, uh, on yeah. the first weekend of May. Yeah, um, yeah, that that is gonna stay. That is. Gonna stay. <laughs> Wait, what was the thing? what was the the slang you said again? The one um, that's go away from around me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'll be saying the opposite of that. I'll be saying no, come with me. Anyway, I'll do a little, <laughs> a little outro now where I don't threaten physical violence, you know, just because um, I don't know if you see, I don't know how they feel about that. I don't think they listen to the podcast, so it's probably fine, to be honest. <laughs> okay, so um, thank you so much for appearing today. You guys have been absolutely wonderful. I would strongly advise everyone to go out and see Lakelands on the 5th of May. It's in cinemas all across Ireland. It's winner of Best Film at Galway Film Fla for a reason and by all accounts it's meant to be remarkable so really you will be missing out if you don't see it. Thank you to Patrick and Robert for coming on today. They're both just absolutely wonderful and if you ever need help to get into PwC find Patrick on LinkedIn. <laughs> no I'm joking, please don't hurt him. He's actually really nice. <laughs> <laughs> they will be coming for you after this. I'm so sorry. It's just so <laughs> So go see Lakelands and more importantly, go to Longford. You're missing out. Like Longford is much better than every county and country you've ever been to, according to them. And I got really good vibes on that off them. So I think it's true. So, yeah, go to Lakelands and go to Longford. I think that's <laughs> the gist of. Yeah, I think I got everything. You've nailed our two core teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think, 
I love this. This is a really elaborate way of campaigning for Longford. Like, I, I can't believe you went out and made a movie. I can't believe that the IFTA's moved the ceremony so people see it at Longford, <laughs> go to Longford. Like, that's actually mad. Any parting words before you guys go? i say just keep keep going and just keep trying to get your forward momentum going. Like, there's a lot of knocks and kicks along the way, but in the long run, when you just keep, keep at it, like, you forget about the setbacks after you bite them. So just kind of keep pushing ahead and yeah just when you're young and you're in college just try new things like don't be afraid to fall forward if you're into writing it doesn't have to be perfect you just have to do it if you're into filmmaking you don't have to show it to anyone it can just be an exercise in getting better and and yeah try new things and if you are in doubt go to Longford I think I just need to end it on that. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on. You've actually been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, once again, go see Lakelands, go see Longford. Take every opportunity <laughs> in life to do both those things if you're missing out. So thank you so much, guys. So I hope all of you guys really enjoyed that episode. I know I did. I was having the best time ever chatting away to both Patrick and Robert. And I really hope you do see their new film. It's meant to be amazing. Before I go, I want to announce next week's guest, who I am also super excited for. And that is Kate McCullough, who is the cinematographer of the Oscar-nominated uh, on Colleen Kewen and uh, and Normal People as well. So it's kind of major for me to have her on the show. And I'm absolutely dying with excitement and I can't wait to meet her and I feel very lucky too. So I hope all of you tune in for that episode next week and I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.